In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. As you may know, I do like a joke now and then in my sermons. And I recently found out that today on Easter Sunday, it's even more appropriate than normal. It's actually a long-standing tradition in some of the Eastern Orthodox churches for the priest to come prepared with a joke on Easter Sunday. And this is not just to please the crowd until we all meet again next year. <laughs> I can't, can't help it. It also has theological significance because on the first Easter morning, nearly 2,000 years ago, to everyone's surprise, it was God who had the last laugh. Not the power-hungry politicians or the know-it-all religious leaders, and certainly not the evil one. It is God who has the last word, and as with any joke, the end does not turn out how we'd expect. Okay, so now the joke. A couple has two mischievous little boys, ages eight and 10. At their wit's end, the parents contact a clergyman who had successfully disciplined other children in the past. The parents send the eight-year-old to meet with him first. The clergyman sits the boy down and asks him sternly, do you know where God is, my son? And the boy makes no response. So the clergyman repeats the question in a sterner tone. I said, where is God? The boy is again too shocked to even give an answer. So the clergyman raises his voice even more, shakes his finger in his face and says, where is God? At that, the boy bolts from the room. He runs home and says to his brother, we're in big trouble this time. God is missing and they think that we did it. God is missing, and they think that we did it. Jesus' disciples probably would not have found this joke funny because it hit too close to home. They surely were terrified when news of the empty tomb reached them on Sunday morning. Jesus is missing, and they'll think we did it. After all, what else? would the skeptical authorities think when they heard that Jesus' body was missing? In fact, in the Gospel of Matthew, you might recall, that's just the story that the Pharisees concoct to try to pin Jesus' disappearance on his followers. Matthew reports that they paid off soldiers and others to tell this lie and to say that the disciples made off with Jesus' body. So Jesus gone missing would be no joke to his disciples. It would just compound the terror that they had been feeling for days. The terror which led head disciple Peter to deny ever knowing Jesus three times. The terror which kept all his disciples excepting a few women from even going near the cross or the tomb. The terror which kept anyone at all from speaking about Jesus after his death. This man who worked miracles, who healed thousands, who loved 
like no one has loved before, had no funeral and no eulogy, because to do so would come with the price of death. In three days, however, some of his female followers would strike up the courage to look for Jesus and prepare his body for burial. And when they arrived at the tomb, he was missing, but gradually their fear turned into courage and hope and action. As they shared the news with the disciples, their heart changed. Jesus is missing, and they'll think we did it, became Jesus is missing, and we'd better do something about it. We better keep looking for him. He may still be around somewhere. We better stick together and share notes about what Jesus said was going to happen after he died. We better find a way, even at risk of our own lives, to share the good news of Jesus, who died but appears to have risen again. Not all that much has changed since that day. The story of Jesus' followers then is the story of us followers now. God is missing today, and we better do something about it. God may be missing for us personally. If we still can't see him, we better keep looking for him in our Bibles, in this church, in another church, finding out why so many have said Jesus has changed their lives forever. God certainly seems missing in our society. It's still violent, it's still unjust, it's still immoral. For those of us who are committed to Jesus, we have to strive to make him known just, not just by the words that we say, but by the lives that we live so that when people see us, they see him. God is missing among so many of our family and friends, so if we have found Jesus and are trying to follow him, we must share with anyone willing to listen why he means so much to us. God is missing. Jesus is missing. And this just might be the greatest part of his Easter plan. Perhaps Jesus has gone missing so that we will continue to take the initiative to seek him and find him. Perhaps Jesus is missing because after teaching us how, to, how life is to be lived, he wants us to take his place. Perhaps Jesus was missing from his own funeral, along with all his friends, because we are supposed to eulogize the greatest, most beautiful person who ever lived. And so as we sit here on Easter Sunday, pondering Jesus' empty tomb, now is the time for us, like his disciples, to allow our fear, our guilt, our skepticism to turn to courage, hope, and love. Jesus is missing, but no one is in trouble. The ending is unexpected, but the joke is not meant to be on us. So let's get on our way to seek him, find him, and share him with others. Let's imitate a life that never repaid evil with evil, but destroyed evil by love. Let's show our friends and our neighbors the entire world that the death of Jesus Christ has over and again brought new life to our people and to all who believe in him now and always. And unto the ages of ages, amen. Christos haryav imerelots. Christ is risen from the dead. Blessed is the revelation.